1: Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
2: Happy Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Thanks to Vanessa Denhagarmo for filling in for me yesterday. Today is Wednesday, the 21st of first day of summer, which is very exciting always. It's my favorite time of year. I don't know what your favorite season is, but whatever it is, get out there and enjoy it, but take us with you here on EWTN coming up today. So much to talk about. There's a beautiful new book that was just published by the wonderful folks at Sophia it's entitled beautiful holiness, a spiritual journey with blessed Conchita to the heart of Jesus. And Kathleen Beckman will be along to talk about this beautiful book because she's the author of it. Gorgeous cover, by the way, this is a very serene and peaceful. Cover. It looks gorgeous and looking forward to chatting with Kathleen again. She's written many books and it's great to have her back on the program. And then, of course, it's a Wednesday, so that means we go back to Roma, the Eternal City, and we are going to be chatting with Joan of Joan's Rome fame. We'll see how the Holy Father is doing. He seems to be back at work and not in full capacity. They're trying to get him to take it easy, although I'm sure that's a challenge. But there was a beautiful note that he wrote to. Some students studying uh, astronomy, which is something that happens every summer. They have these special courses that take place at beautiful Castel Gandolfo, which is about 30 minutes south of Rome. And it overlooks Lake Albano, which is a beautiful, oh my goodness, a beautiful volcanic lake. Such a pretty area. But anyway, these special programs go on every year. And the Holy Father put out a beautiful message to these students. And Catholic News Agency also has a very nice story on it as well. We'll be covering that in the news. So that is our program for today on a Wednesday, the official first day of summer. Now, the problem is the weather isn't cooperating because across the country, we have a number of different issues. So we have that never-ending, according to the National Weather Service, never-ending excessive heat across Texas and parts of the southern U.S., persisting the rest of the week with dangerous conditions. Meanwhile, strong to severe thunderstorms possible for the next few days, in portions of the plains. Finally, a stubborn stationary system producing pockets of heavy rain and thunderstorms, which may lead to flooding in the southeast and also the mid-Atlantic State. So the start of summer, not pretty for a lot of folks. So be careful out there. And if you're traveling to any of those areas, also keep that in mind because you could have some bad road conditions or possibly some cancellations with flights, which happens a lot during the summer anyway, because travel is really back well beyond what it was before COVID, especially overseas. Interestingly enough, I came across an article that was passed along to me by my friend Marcy, who works with me uh, for my uh, communications company, a really interesting article about pilgrimage. And it said that pilgrimages are now trending. And this is actually predicted right after COVID back in 2021. National Geographic did a big article on this saying that pilgrimages are trending to the point where they're the most possible uh, excuse me, the most popular style of travel for people. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a religious pilgrimage, although they were way, way up too, but people searching and looking for peace and serenity. I was chatting with uh, John Hale from Corporate Travel about this recently, and what I find always a very eye-opening is we get a lot of people that come on our trips, our pilgrimages that we do every year, and they may not even be coming on it because it's a, something they want to do from a religious perspective. they are be coming with a friend or a family member, but they like the itinerary because it's a mixture of really great historical sites, religious sites, religious art that people are very interested in regardless of whether they're coming at this again from a faith perspective. And they like the, the time that we give them to explore. And they really want to go on their own type of journey, which is fine, which you can absolutely do. But it's just really neat to see so many people who are searching and I believe that you keep searching you're searching for truth you're going to end up in the arms of Christ and not just in the arms of Jesus most importantly right but again in the arms of the Catholic Church because truth will lead you right to the fullness of truth that being the one holy catholic and apostolic faith so just something to keep in mind Uh, Summer travel is here. Summer is here. Hope you're safe out there and you enjoy every single day of it. But stay tuned because we have always great programming for you right here on EWTN. So again, weather could be a little iffy for the start of summer, but hopefully we'll get to some good weather so you can get out there and enjoy it. Kathleen Beckman and then Joan of Joan's Roan coming up in just a few minutes right after we give you the news, which actually will start right now. Pope Francis sending a letter to young astronomy scholars, as we mentioned earlier, encouraging them to maintain their sense of wonder and surprise throughout their research. While praising the great discoveries of astronomy, he urged those researchers never to lose sight of other important realities such as love and friendship. Catholic News Agency explains that Pope said the most amazing thing about this universe is that it contains creatures such as us, men and women, who possess the ability to observe it with wonder and to interrogate it, Pope Francis said. This was in a June 20th greeting yesterday to students and faculty of the Vatican Observatory Summer School. The Holy Father drawing inspiration from Psalm 8. Indeed, the Holy Father said, when the psalmist asks, what is man that you should keep him in mind, mortal man that you care for him? He immediately goes on to say, yet you have made him little less than a god. With glory and honor, you crowned him. He added, may you never lose this sense of wonder in your research and in your lives, May you always be inspired by the love for truth and awestruck by all that each fragment of the universe sets before you. The summer school launched back in 1986, and again, it's held at Castel Gandolfo, the venue for many papal summer retreats, aiming to bring together young scientists from around the world to study under leading astronomy experts. The school was on a five-year hiatus in part due to COVID-19. Catholic News Agency also reporting this morning that the Baltimore Police Department releasing video surveillance of that May 26 attack in which a man allegedly beat two elderly pro-life activists outside of Planned Parenthood in Baltimore. In the video, which was released on June 15th, the man can be seen tackling 80-year-old Dick Schaefer into a planter. The video then shows 73-year-old Mark Crosby rushing over to help Schaefer, at which point the man shoves Cosby onto the ground, hits him in the face, and then kicks him in the face. The video shows a man walking away from the scene after the attack, and police still have not identified the man and, as heard in this video, which is also posted on the Catholic News Agency story, are still asking for the public's help in the matter.
1: Baltimore Police Department Central District detectives need your help. Identifying a suspect involved in an assault that occurred on May 26.
2: 2023 around 10:20 in the morning in the 300 block of North Howard Street. Surveillance video shows the suspect, a white male with a beard, approaching a group outside the Plant Parenthood building. After a heated conversation, the suspect tackles one of the victims into the ground. Another victim who came to help is then assaulted by the suspect. Anyone with information about the incident or the suspect is asked to call Central District Detectives at 410 396-2411. To remain anonymous, call Metro Crime Stoppers of Maryland at
1: one 7 lockup You can also submit a text tip by visiting the MCS Maryland website.
2: Both Crosby and Schaefer are briefly knocked unconscious after the attack. Crosby had a concussion, two fractured fingers, and internal and external bleeding in one of his eyes. He lost eyesight in one eye, and Schaefer was treated for cuts as well as aches and pains. Both men returning to the Planned Parenthood facility four days later to continue their activism despite their injuries. And again, police are still asking for help. Catholic News Agency has that video available on the story at at CatholicNewsAgency.com. So check it out. If you know anyone who lives in Baltimore and may have any information, please pass that story on. CNA also reporting that a pictorial cross bequeathed by the late Pope Benedict XVI to a parish in his native Bavaria has been stolen from the church where it was on display. According to CNA's German language partner news agency, unknown perpetrators broke open a display case on the wall of St. Oswald's church in the city of Traunstein during daylight hours Monday. Police said cash was also stolen from the cash register of a literature stand in the church. Authorities are now asking for anyone who saw anything suspicious near St. Oswald's on Monday or has any other information to come forward. The district attorney's office is leading that investigation in that area of Germany. Friends and family of Pat Robinson giving their final goodbyes in a private service at Regent University earlier this week, his son Tim talking about Pat's impact.
3: It took somebody with his grace, his charm, and yeah, his academic background to present the power of the Holy Spirit In such a way that it seemed approachable, even normal.
2: The Christian broadcaster who at times made controversial comments died earlier this month at the age of 93. Rather than focusing on grief, Robertson's close friends and family said they uh, they wanted to focus on his life. They celebrated his achievements, his legacies, and memories of a man they say shaped who they are today. A Utah school district banning the King James Bible, now reversing that decision. The Davis School District near Salt Lake City deciding in late May to remove the Bible from elementary and middle school libraries because of a new state law that called for banning inappropriate books. On Tuesday, the school board voted to return the Bible to the shelves. And Mark Mayfield tells us a search is ongoing for that missing vessel used to explore the Titanic, but there may be some
4: signs of hope. According to an internal government memo, crews searching for the vessel carrying five people say they heard banging sounds in 30-minute intervals on Tuesday. It is unknown when the noises were heard or for how long. It is believed the submersible has less than 30 hours of oxygen left. The U.S. Coast Guard is receiving help from the Navy and Air Force as operations continue. OceanGate CEO Stockton Rush was piloting the vehicle at the time it disappeared. Search efforts are focused about 900 miles east of Cape Cod, Massachusetts.
2: National Hurricane Center says Tropical Storm Brett is getting stronger as it heads toward the Caribbean. Forecasters say the storm's winds have increased to nearly 60 miles per hour. Brett is expected to move across portions of the Lesser Antilles by tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night. A new poll showing support for former President Donald Trump falling slightly following his indictment on federal charges. A CNN poll, however, shows Trump still leads the Republican presidential primary for 2024. 47% of Republicans and Republican-leaning independents said they support Trump for the GOP nomination, down from 53% who said the same last month. And the former Air National Guardsman accused of leaking classified documents online is now facing arraignment, and that will happen today in a Massachusetts courthouse. Jack DeShera has been in custody since his arrest on April 13th. The 23-year-old Massachusetts man has been federally charged with leaking Pentagon documents. The governor of Pennsylvania says traffic will begin flowing again along Interstate 95 this coming weekend. A portion of the busy highway has been closed since a bridge collapsed last week due to a tanker truck fire. While giving an update on repairs yesterday, Governor Josh Shapiro said paving could begin as soon as today. It is a Wednesday morning. It's June 21st, 2023, the first day of summer on the calendar. Weather-wise, we've got some issues out there, as we mentioned earlier Excessive heat, severe storms, and lots of heavy rain. The never-ending excessive heat, as the National Weather Service explains, across Texas and parts of the south, persisting the rest of this week with dangerous conditions. Meanwhile, strong to severe thunderstorms will be possible in the next few days in portions of the plains. Finally, a stubborn stationary system will produce pockets of heavy rain and thunderstorms, which may lead to flooding in the southeast and the mid-Atlantic states. Stay safe, stay cool, and stay tuned. We'll be right back with a beautiful interview on a brand new book. You don't want to miss it. You are listening to EWTN on a Wednesday morning, the first day of summer, 2023.
5: People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't
0: have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
5: This July 4th from Angel
3: Studios, who brought you his only son and the chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. A story that shares hope and the power of human resilience. Sound of Freedom, rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters July 4th.
2: Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're all about the resources here and a lot of resources for you, whether it be news, all kinds of information, and beautiful books, and especially a book you may want to take for your summer vacation, summer reading, Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Cachita to the Heart of Jesus. On the phone with us is the author of this beautiful new book from our friends at Sophia. Kathleen Beckman. So, Kathleen, it's good to catch up with you, and I know we have mutual friend uh, in Kelly Walquist from Wine Women in the New Evangelization, so it's great to chat with you. I think your name came up when I was visiting with Kelly recently. But let's talk about this subject of, of your book. Why did you choose to write about Blessed Conchita?
6: Well, you know, she had caught my imagination many years ago when I read that the Vatican made a statement about her. In quoting the, um, the Vatican, they said, Concepcion Cabrera de Armida." known as Blessed Conchita, will one day become very important for the entire Church. So, you know, that kind of uh, intrigued me, and then uh, it has Providence works, I happened to cross paths about two and a half years ago with Father Domenico Raimondo, and he was the postulator for her cause uh, when he lived in Rome for several years, and he was uh, at the priest retreat center ten minutes from my house, and we began to talk, and and the the whole idea of the book came up, and I sat at his feet because he's really the expert on Blessed Conchita, and um, and the book came to fruition.
2: And it's amazing because she was a Mexican wife and mother of nine, and she had such a strong mystical life that she's compared to my favorite saint and my patron, Saint Teresa of Avila. That is pretty incredible, just in, on on its own merit.
6: Yeah, her fruitfulness is extraordinary. I mean, it, it just It it is absolutely extraordinary. She wrote 66 volumes of mystical writings while she's raising a family, Teresa. You know, nine children. She's married. She was single for 21 years, married for 17 years to her husband, Francesco, after seven years of courtship, and then she was widowed for 36 years. So she lived for 74 years, and the fruitfulness of that was extraordinary. So, um, you know, but her witness is... One for all of us, because it speaks to holiness in all states of life. And I think that's really the point of why we would read the lives of the saints. I mean, Mm -hmm. they they show us that our calling is possible, that we are called to holiness. God gives us the grace. And no matter what her state of life is, she's a married woman raising a family. And um, she raised a, a daughter who became a nun, a son who became a Jesuit priest. Uh, four who married, she buried four of her children, wow. um, including her she prepared her husband for a holy death. So I think it speaks to every vocation um, and i and I hope that it, it will touch people at, at all levels
2: so there's a number of different tools that you provide in the book There's the things that we can learn about you mentioned the two lovers for starters you mentioned, Kathleen, the two lovers that assured that that Jesus assured her would sustain her and others in the life of the Spirit. Let's start there. What did Jesus reveal to her about those two different levels that Jesus assured her can help her in the spiritual life?
6: Well, I think that um, he had many teachings. I mean, she was definitely a pupil um, who was just open and was taught by the Lord himself, and those levers are prayer and the Eucharist. And uh, so he gave her many different uh, tools, I think that uh, daily prayer was very much a part of her of her identity. I mean, she, she knew that without the Lord, she could do nothing, and she became completely comfortable with being dependent upon Him for everything. Um, she had a strong devotion to an openness to the Holy Spirit, and she was very much formed not only by the Lord, but by priests throughout her life because she was a very uh, good daughter of the church and that she would take her mystical experiences and writings, which she wrote really as her account of conscience, to share with her um, spiritual director. And so she never intended that they would be public. She wanted to, you know, uh, keep those volumes of her account of conscience between her and her spiritual director. And thankfully, um, you know, they they've been gifted to the church. So, She really relied on the Lord's hearing the Lord, and then and prioritized prayer. You know, when speaking of the Eucharist in her life, it was at her wedding when um, the ceremony during the reception uh, she asked her husband to allow her to attend Mass to go and to receive Holy Communion every day and asked him never to be jealous mm. of her relationship with the lord and i think that's her genius that she said you know i never felt like it was um a a problem loving my husband and family and loving the lord the way i did in fact that they complemented one another and so my love for both increased so she very much saw that her vocation as wife and mother Um, you know, only enhanced her deep mystical relationship with the Lord and vice versa.
2: Mm. We're talking with Kathleen Beckman, author of this book, Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita to the Heart of Jesus. A beautiful book and a beautiful cover, too. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's very serene looking and kind of really draws you in, Kathleen. So I'm sure you really loved what Sophia Press came up with it's it's absolutely stunning let's talk about her before she was married she mentioned that she you just mentioned she talked to her husband about the importance of her relationship with the Lord was she just born this way with this incredible faith was there something that happened to her was she raised in a really wonderful Catholic family what were the what was her life like before she was married
6: well she was um, born in San Luis Potosi, which is about 250 miles south of Mexico City into a very devout family. She's definitely a daughter of Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, and her mother and father were very strict Catholics, and um, she did not have formal education. She went to a a school taught by nuns for a few years, but remember, Teresa, she lived through the Mexican Revolution and the Cristeros War, so there was a lot that was going on. She knew suffering, and um, and and that was one of her hallmarks was the cross. And for for her growing up, she understood that love and sacrifice were inseparable. But her mother and father were in charge of uh, Eucharistic adoration, so she grew up with this formation and uh, with love for the Eucharist, for Our Lady of Guadalupe. But also, a love for very hard work, because she grew uh, up in a wealthy family who owned many haciendas or big farms, and so she socially she was expected to attend um you know dances and um, government meetings and things like this because of her family's position. But when she was six years old, um she had an experience as she calls a dream in which she saw the Lord, and he was like leaning on her. And somehow that captured her heart and imagination that Jesus was right there with her mm. and that he was calling her to something. <clears throat> and so she said she dreamed of things that were very big. Um, after that dream, it, it was life-changing for her, and, and I don't think that she ever stopped um, you know thinking of the lord um after that dream her whole imagination was captured by that now that said she wasn't born a saint you know none of them are right, and um right. she she had her um experiences with um you know be, not being faithful to prayer and she's I, I love that she is very honest about her her self-awareness that she has weaknesses and faults but uh but somehow her heart was so attached to the Lord that she just persevered.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We talked with Kathleen Beckman about her beautiful new book regarding beautiful holiness, actually. I keep going back to that word beautiful because it, it truly is the life of someone who had such a close relationship with Christ in the church. When we come back, Kathleen, maybe we can talk a little bit more about for whom you wrote the book. I mean, I'm sure a lot of uh, people who are in you know the domestic church who are trying to balance everything in terms of, of our lives, and you know, housekeeping, and raising children, and working, and all of that, but she somehow managed to do to do it all, and still have this incredible relationship relationship with God, and build on what she was doing in the domestic church. Correct? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so important, and I think there's so many people that could learn from this. In terms of um, the book itself, did you write it? We only have about a minute left. Did you write it for young people, for married people, or really just for anyone looking to get closer to the Lord?
6: I wrote it for um, for all states of life, for anyone. I think it's a – I, I um, looked at C- Blessed Conchita as a spiritual director. You know, Teresa – you and I, we get to travel, we, we interface with a lot of Catholics, and so many are looking for spiritual direction. Yeah. They really want some help with the interior life. So um, I think Conchita is really a beautiful help with uh, helping us to understand what it is to have a very deep interior life.
2: More on Conchita, Blessed Conchita, when we return. The book again, Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita to the Heart of Jesus by our guest, Kathleen Beckman. Stay tuned. It's Catholic Connection on a Wednesday, June 21st, the first day of summer of 2023.
4: Do early risers have greater faith? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. The answer is yes, and these early morning faith-filled souls also say they are more conscientious and satisfied in life, according to a recent study. You may have heard or seen the expression written, that nothing good ever happens after midnight. Apparently, a lot of good happens near dawn. Researchers aren't sure which trait leads to the next, or if this is just a big circle of life. Either way, the early birds appear to be more content. The study points out that a routine that includes rising early, attending morning mass, special morning services like those of Easter, may also strengthen the morning riser's wake-up muscles. This can lead to more satisfaction in life, too. Early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. God wrote that one. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
1: Father Benedict Groeschel.
4: Ah,
0: oh, I love reverence. Wherever I go in the world, I usually go to visit the religious buildings, and no matter what I see, I see reverence, awe. I've been in temples and mosques where I saw more reverence and awe of God than I see in Christian churches, even sometimes in Catholic churches. Oh yes, let me say it. When I was a boy, Catholics were much more reverent and respectful in church. You never, ever spoke in church. I was a young priest. A man had a heart attack at the beginning of Mass. I stopped the Mass. We prayed for the man. While the police were coming, the ambulance, they removed him from the church. He didn't die. Not one word was spoken. The police officers and the ambulance attendants who came whispered respect. I wish it were true today.
3: EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic.
2: Our guest Kathleen Beckman is president and co-founder of the Foundation of Prayer for Priests, foundationforpriests.org, a global apostle of prayer and catechesis to the holiness of priests through spiritual motherhood and fatherhood. She's an international Catholic evangelist, author, radio host, Ignatian certified retreat director. She assists priests in the church's ministry of healing, deliverance, and exorcism, and she has a number of other hats that she wears, and believe it or not, she all gets it on one business card, right Kathleen? Everything's on <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's a very big business card. But anyway, great to have <laughs> no, you on the program. A beautiful book, Beautiful Holiness, and it is available from our friends at Sophia Institute Press, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita to the Heart of Jesus. That's the subtitle. So let's continue with our conversation on whom might benefit from this book. It just sounds like a great book just to sit down and just to... Meditate upon in terms of the tools that, that you 're giving us from Conchita in this book,
6: well, I think so. Um, I know was I researched her, and you know you 've written wonderful books yourself, and you know in the recess, uh, in the research process, we learn a lot and um, mm-hmm. it really helped me. Um, it helped me in a very practical way because I noted her preoccupation with assisting. Uh, her husband and her children in the care of their own souls. And it really helped me to have, pay more attention to that. And so it really, it, in a very practical way, I think it will help people to do that. But then in, in we talked about her being a good spiritual advisor. Um, <clears throat> if I could quote uh, about the warrior um, virtues, because many people have found this helpful. So Jesus is telling her that when a person begins to uh, meditate in the spiritual life that quote the war that these evil spirits wage against the soul that wants to ascend this ladder of meditation is terrible in order to defeat them the warrior virtues of firmness determination constancy and overcoming are needed and communion with jesus and fidelity are indispensable to overthrowing these fierce and untiring enemies and he said uh, most important is that of humility. And he really emphasizes humility as the deeper foundation um, so that the ladder, uh, the ascent uh, in prayer can go higher. So mm-hmm. there's there's practical, you know, um, words from the Lord given to her that will help every soul to ascend in their prayer life because prayer is a battle. We know that the catechism mm-hmm you know, clearly states that we it's not like we begin to pray um, and it's going to be easy. Uh, There there becomes a battle mostly with ourselves and then with the enemy.
2: Do you think she'll help those of us who who have, let's say, uh, and I don't have children myself, but people who have children are very, very busy? Because I know that's often, it's a frustration with all of us, our busyness, because we're all busy. But especially I think sometimes I know I have friends and nieces and nephews who have kids and they're trying to get closer to the Lord and they say, you know, I just don't have that prayer time. I can't fit it in, but I know that I've heard many a priest on this program and elsewhere say, offer up what you're doing, whether it's changing diapers, making a meal, helping your kids with the homework, offer that up as prayer. Do you think they can identify with, with her in that area?
6: Oh, absolutely. And she was very practical. She wrote letters. You know, in this day and age, we text our kids or, or email them, but she wrote beautiful letters to her children. I mean, the people that she was exhorting most, to strive for holiness and to stay close to god were her husband and her children and so you know she coached her son as he was in the seminary and her daughter as she was in the um convent um and so and and her married children She, she her letters include practical advice to her son on how to treat his wife and so there's a lot in there for our children she writes lists when she's on retreat she makes lists um, of how she can be a better mother and a wife, and then also how to help her children to be better. And so her, uh, her ministry, if you will, to her family is foremost. And then we read that and are very much inspired by it in the book. The other thing I have to say, because God gave her a very special mission, was two priests. She um, founded an order, uh, f- actually two apostolates for priests, uh, one is the missionaries of the Holy Spirit, who is an um, a order of priests that are around the globe to this day. And that's how Father Domenico is a member, and I've met several priests who are a member. But the Lord gave her special revelations on you know, the, um, on the priesthood, the ministerial priesthood, and what his expectation was. So um, that's a big part of it as well. I think um, priests will very
2: much find a lot of help in the book from Contrita. Do you think you'll do a follow-up? There seems like there's so much material there for, for a second, third, fourth book. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Did Father Domenico put you up to that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm thinking in terms of, her, of, of the gifts that she imparted on all of us and, and the wisdom about you know, the prayer life and the domestic church. I mean, you, know, you could do a whole series.
6: Yes, yes. Well, um, you know, EWTN is doing a book study uh, through Women of Grace, they're doing a book study on it, but we'll see what the Lord, you know, I'm just taking a breather from, from the book just came out in March of this year. So we'll see, we'll see what the Lord does with it. But it has been a fascinating journey to walk with her because um, she definitely inspires us in so many ways, you know, and in the book, at the beginning of the book, I talk about how she had a great sense of humor and mm-hmm. how she wrote a joke book, Teresa and, people would love to come to her home and she would pull out this joke book and she would tell jokes. Now, I wish I was good at telling jokes, but mm-hmm. I'm not. But she, her, when the investigators from the Vatican interviewed her children, because she just died in 1937, and they asked, you know, was your mother a saint? And they said, we don't know if mom was a saint, but we, this we do know. She was a fantastic cook and she had written a cookbook. So, I mean, there's just so many facets to her, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, though, is what, what really intrigues me is that she is compared to Saint Teresa of Avila. Yes, yeah.
6: Only this time, her monastery was her was her her own heart in the midst of a domestic church.
2: Yeah. So was it her mysticism that led to her being compared to Teresa of Avila? Were there other aspects? I mean, obviously she had a sense of humor that that's directly tied to St. Teresa because she was pretty funny, and, and I love some of her her comments and the way she prayed to the Lord so direct and, and, and so boldly. But what other comparisons with, just quickly, because we have a, about a minute left here, uh, to St. Teresa, would you make?
6: Well, because she wrote 66 volumes of mystical writings. I mean,
7: I <laughs> okay.
2: yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the mystical writings over 74 years of her life
6: are... I guess she wrote more than St. Thomas Aquinas. So those mystical writings were, you know, extensively examined, and they're just a treasure. So when you, when you read her, her writings, that's why she's compared to um, Teresa. They're very, very lofty on the Trinity, you know, yeah. on, the, on the Eucharist, on the priesthood. So there's a lot uh, to, that she has to offer.
2: What a beautiful project. I'm so glad you, you sat down and took the time to write this. I really appreciate it. It's such a a, a lovely document that, that's well, a book that has so much to, to really impart on us in terms of, I know we're busy. I know we have things going on, but we can always find time to develop that great relationship with the Lord. And boy, does she have great advice. Blessed Kachita. Kathleen, always great to catch up with you. Really, really appreciate your work. Have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the summer. Beautiful Holiness, a Spiritual Journey with Blessed Kachita to the Heart of Jesus. This came out this spring from our friends at Sophia Institute Press. You'll also find it, of course, at the EWTN Religious Catalog and also on Amazon. We'll be right back. It is a Wednesday morning. It is June 21st. We're in the middle of summer. We're going to go now to Rome to find out how the Pope is doing, how busy he is. Hopefully not too. Hopefully he's getting some rest. After his surgery, even though he's back at the Vatican, we'll find out with Jones Rome coming up in just two minutes. We'll be right back.
5: doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Augustine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, but he balanced his genius with humility. Once declared, it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. He died in 461. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Colossians
8: chapter 1, verse 10. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by acquaintance is what St. Paul's talking here. We need to increase our acquaintance of God. What can we do to increase our knowledge of God? Well, study scripture, pray, fast. But here's the obvious question. Are you? increasing in the knowledge of God? Or are you simply kind of staying stable? You're living off past encounters. When we speak of increasing our knowledge of God, as I said, you can read all the books you want about God and you'll have lots of information, but it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily become acquainted with him. We need to know God by acquaintance. And that's what lies at the heart of all true religion. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern
4: on EWTN Radio.
2: Ciao, Amici. Hello, friends. Teresa Tomio here. Ever notice that common sense isn't so common anymore? Each time we check our news feeds or turn on the TV, it seems the world is getting wackier. Well, we desperately need a return to basic common sense. And Rosie Posey, my mom, a street-smart theologian from Jersey City, is just the person we need to help us restore it. So if you need a little bit more help with some common sense or know someone else who needs it, pick out my new book on our store, Everything's Coming Up, Rosie, at AveMariaRadio.net's online store hope you're having a great day wednesday june 21st 2023 good to be with you always great to go to roman to speak with joan so, Joan, I know the Holy Father is supposed to be taking it easy, but he seems uh, very busy. I know the letter that he wrote to the students who have that summer course at Castle Gandolfo that he wrote, I guess, when yeah. he was in the hospital, but it seems like he's doing a lot. Uh, shouldn't he be resting? I mean, can't you pick him up and say, Your Holiness, slow down, pick up the phone and, you know, just say, take it easy?
7: Well, you know, the Saturday, about uh, five or six days before he left the hospital, um, there was a press conference with the Pope's doctor. And he told the media, he said, no one can tell Pope Francis what to do, but he said his personal medical assistant and I have advised him that for prudence, we'd like to see him stay at the hospital throughout the whole next week. Well, of course, the Pope came back here early Friday Friday morning, so he really only stayed a couple days after the doctor's suggestion. But the doctor said quite clearly, in fact, several times, that he told the pope he's got to be careful. He said because it's the wall, it's the abdominal wall that can undergo any injury if he's not careful. That's where this mesh was put in to um, eliminate the possibility of another hernia developing, et cetera. And so he said, just getting in and out of a chair, getting up and down, which you and I and all of our mm-hmm. listeners probably do dozens, you know, if not hundreds of times a day, and that just puts a natural stress. Unless, of course, you've had an operation and have to be careful about how many times you get up and down. So, <clears throat> you know, he received the president of Brazil just a very short time ago, as a matter of fact. And, um, the, you know, we saw the Pope standing, So, but he was probably sitting before and after that. Um, he's just got to be careful of movements. And as the doctor had said in the hospital, he said, just getting in and out of bed, um, uh, you know, that puts – tension pressure excuse me on the um, abdominal muscles so you're right it doesn't sound like he's being too careful however he did take somebody's advice and and he did not uh, have the general audience today in St. Peter Square I mean that's an awful lot of movement yeah and um, he's sitting most of the time still just getting in and out of the papal car would be uh, you know the, the little automobile if you will that would be a stress so um, mm-hmm. I mean, all of us like to be busy, and sometimes we, we you know, you can feel so down that you literally, um, you know, couldn't see anybody. But then you want to keep up your natural work and your normal schedule. I mean, so the Pope has been having audiences and uh, different individuals. Some of them have been groups. Now, maybe he's—he's. He's, I can only guess that for some of these things, he's seen the schedule. And he knows that there's this or that anniversary or, or group that he should be meeting. He probably did write a, a number of things from the hospital, like the one that you earlier mentioned. So, um, but again, just meeting a head of state, president of Cuba yesterday, and now, you know, the president of Brazil uh, with his wife. And and um, I don't know how standing bothers the Holy Father, to be honest, you know, because mm-hmm. there's always... The knee issue hasn't gone away, Teresa. You know that's yeah. that's still there. So, um, but you know, I mean, you have to admire um, his gumption, if you if you will. I mean, the man is, you know, eighty six, so 86 and a half So he's just keeps on going. Like you know, the, is there the any is there world. any
2: um, talk at all about any type of um, of work on his knees? I know at, at this late stage of the game, when you're in your eighties, it could be his age he's eighty six. It can be very very difficult, especially the physical therapy that would be that would have to come afterward.
7: Um, oh yeah, well I don't um, the physical therapy. Well, the doctors said, um, gosh, this is what over a year ago. The doctors had had told him that they could do surgery on the knee but not replacing the knee is not my understanding you know not where he would have months and months of of physical therapy and learning to walk so to speak well but whatever the doctor said they could do last year involved a only a local anesthesia because the Pope had already said I just I I will not have surgery I'm not going to have anesthesia again of course this summer he didn't even have that choice but um it, it literally would have been a question of of life or death had he had had he not had this surgery. So the knee thing, um, can they do something? Would he would he say yes or or would he just say, hey, wait, let me get totally over the abdominal surgery? Um, I'm I'm getting used to now. I, I've been in a wheelchair what fourteen, fifteen months. I do some walking. He has to walk, Teresa, because the doctors have advised him. You know, if you spend more time than you should in a wheelchair, then mm-hmm. your muscles suffer, the leg muscles and, and everything else. So it's kind of a situation where it's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't, um, no. you know, on, on certain physical activities. But yeah. um, I, I haven't even seen any, you know, media people questioning him and, uh, qu- excuse me, questioning the doctor, uh, you know, is is it time for surgery on his knee? What do you think? Right now it's really, if you look at the surgery the Pope had um, and understand it, it, it's the lesser of all evils, the fact that he's got this pain in, uh, you know, this knee problem.
2: Yeah. We're we're talking with, yeah, wait and see. I know we're talking with Joan Lewis from Rome. And on another topic, I know you're still going through it, as am I, but um, have you taken a look, how far have you gotten on the uh, instrumentum laboris Regarding uh, there's a story on Vatican News welcoming the Church that embraces diversity. Some of the media out there have been contacting me this morning, asking me about it. I haven't gone through the whole thing, uh, but they're giving an indication that it seems to be uh, including a lot of things that don't necessarily um, go with Church teaching. Any thoughts on that at this point?
7: Well, I kind of I haven't seen too much Church teaching. This has all been a systematic thing. Let me just oh I don't know what point I'm at. Over halfway, but the thing is, you read it, you try and understand it. Right. Um, Some of the sentences, it's like, could could I have written a summary of this sentence? But there were were two things, I'm trying to find my notes on that, um, that there were two paragraphs that after I read them, the instrumentum laboris is composed of an explanatory text and 15 worksheets. Then it gets into the, um, you know, all the fine points of that. And it says a synodal church. What is that? It's first and foremost a church of listening, desires to be humble, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the more I kept reading it, to be honest with you, Teresa, it sounds like the church is suggesting future governing by committee, by small, by groups, small and large, because the idea of this synod, as we know, I mean, it began in parishes and the diocese and the... Uh, the uh, nation's bishops' conference and continents, you know, so literally from the bottom up, people were listened to and heard, and and uh, actually in very very small numbers. I mean, it was one mm-hmm. percent of American Catholics that gave their input into this. So that's a very small number, but it does sound like the church thinks that governing by committee, by listening, by having all these different people come together, you know, much as you would administer. A very large uh, corporation or company. So um, there's just so many things in my mind that aren't clear. Right. And one of them is the absence of a, a great deal of church teaching, and um, they ask a lot of questions. That, and that's what they said. There's 15 worksheets, which each one is uh, composed of, among other things, different questions that the participants in the synod should be asking themselves. And um, so, but, but I just don't, I'm trying to figure out how I would see this document. Uh, I was asking myself this uh, just before we started speaking, how mm-hmm. I would see this document if I was just kind of dropped out of a plane and I knew nothing about the Catholic Church and the synod. Um, <laughs> yeah. How how would I interpret some of it? And... Um, but the thing is, I have failed so far. I want to copy this. I'm looking at a, a document I downloaded, but I want to copy it onto a Word document because I want to do word search. I, I, I want to look for words like sacrament, words like Christ, words like faith, words like doctrine, mm-hmm. and just see how many times they, they occur in the document because I haven't come across, of uh, course, God, yes, naturally, the Church of God, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there's just so much to digest. This is like a huge smorgasbord. Right. And, you know, when you start eating and then you're you're sure you're going to have just a mouthful of each dish on the table. Um, Yeah, but then you get to the 10th dish, there's 20 more, and your eyes are bigger than your stomach. So (laughs) you, you took on, you know more than you could try and that's what this document is like to read it and truly understand but there are a lot of um the from the speeches yesterday and everything else there's a lot of hot button issues that are are coming up and and this is where it has been suggested i read this over the two years that parishes and dioceses and bishops conferences were meeting i read that um only, let's say, in America, the 1%. Well, some of the hot-button topics that, you know, apparently will be discussed are women deacons, priestly celibacy, should women even be ordained? You and I know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And then the LGBTQ outreach. And um, the feeling, what I have read over these two years by, you know, various commentators, is that This one percent is is the one percent that is most um, that goes most viral on the hot button topics, and and if if it had been ten percent input from every parish, would we see that? Would we see emphasis on women deacons, Or, or might we even see other issues? So it's it's just kind of interesting that such a small percentage of people that had input on the, uh, you know, grassroots levels. That small percentage, however, focused on topics that also involve, actually, a small percentage of people. How many, uh, you know, how many LGBTQ people who have, you know, openly uh, professed that. It's actually a very small number of the overall populace. So there's just a million ways to look on this, but interestingly enough on that, uh one interesting kind of trivia thing, I suppose, uh, that the um, the meeting will be held in the Paul Six Hall. You know how big that is. Right, it, Of right. course, there's the stage-like area, and it can seat 7,500 people. So the Synod will be there instead of the new Synod Hall, mainly because there's going to be over 370, I guess close to 400 people. Uh, more a total, and that's a lot more than we've had in the past. And I don't think there's room for 400. I could be wrong. Um, in, in the actual Synod Hall, so 21 um, percent of the voting delegates will be uh, will not be bishops, and uh, the Pope has yet to choose 70 delegates from a list of 140 lay people that that he has received. So we'll be getting that, you know. Or rather, soon as well. But um, it's going well, to Well, it's what,
2: yeah. The thing uh, is is that this document, which the media are misrepresenting, that's a shocker. Some of the media are, are thinking that this is like the end game. I mean, I don't know how they can look at this document and think that all these things are going to change because no, of were questions raised. It's a beginning game and yeah. it's supposed to be an aid to the church. It's not concluding anything. And it's, it's all part of this, this exactly. ongoing discussion. Yeah.
7: Mm-hmm. And, well, some of the things reflect, uh, um, you know, let's say, women deacons. Th- that is it's fair to include in this document because it is, that topic is one of the results of this so-called listening right. to the yep. faithful in the pew. But yep. you couldn't not in- include that. But Oops, uh,
2: Joan, we're out of time, sweetie. We're going to get cut off by the satellite break, but uh, we will be right back. More coming up after the break. Stay tuned.
0: This Ave Maria program is brought to you in part by the nonprofit CMF Curo. Your search for affordable health care stops here. Since 2014, CMF Curo has provided Catholics with affordable health care sharing that goes beyond insurance. With programs that cost less than many COBRA and ACA sponsored plans, CMF Curo is a Catholic health sharing experience that enables you to live fully alive while saving money. Call 1 833 GET CURO to find affordable Catholic health care now. That's 1 833 G E T C U R O.
3: This July 4th from Angel Studios, who brought you His Only Son and the Chosen, comes a true story of courage and redemption. Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Caviezel, who portrayed Jesus in The Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the true events of a dangerous mission to save young, innocent lives. A story that shares hope and the power of human resilience. Sound of Freedom, made at PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
8: Only in theaters, July 4th. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's
5: available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
2: Thanks so much for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. For all the latest news and information, stay tuned right here. And also don't forget our great news outlets, the Register, News in Depth, EWTN News in Depth. Catholic News Agency, World Over with Raymond Arroyo, EWTN News Nightly. If you want information, we've got it right here. And, of course, always all of our great TV programming and radio programming as well. This program is archived. Just as a reminder, if you'd like to go back and listen to a segment in particular, you can do that. Just go to AveMariaRadio.net and go to the archive section of the program to which you are listening. And you will find probably by about midday. Uh, the different shows that we have. And actually, you can go and listen to it segment by segment. So it's very helpful. Have a great Wednesday. Be careful out there. Vanessa Denhagarmo in tomorrow, back with you on Friday. And then, of course, all next week, God willing, as we move into the holiday weekend a few days before 4th of July. It's going far too fast already. And again, you are listening to EWTN's Catholic Connection. Great to be with you on a Wednesday and every day here. Have a great day. Enjoy summer. It's just starting.
1: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.